in the game. David Gina, my man, how you doing? Doing great, bro. How are you? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Just uh, got finished watching, you know, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference starters for the All-Star Game next month in, in Charlotte. I think um, a lot of guys who we think, you know, a lot of guys who we thought were going to be in the starters are on there. For those who don't know, uh, don't know where you're at, but for the for the Western yeah. Conference, it's going to be LeBron, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and James Harden for the East we're going to have Giannis, Kawhi, Kyrie, Embiid, and Kimba Walker for the first time. He'll be starting. So, you know me, I'm a big Kimba Walker fan. I'm glad uh, he's getting the recognition that he deserves to get. Um, contract year. I know Charlotte wants to keep him. And plus, the All-Star game is in Charlotte. So, big time congrats to Kimba. Are you surprised at any of the starters? Or do you think somebody... Could have been there, but got snubbed out. You know, I, for a while, I thought maybe KD would get the start, but Paul George starting, you know, defensively, he's been, you know, playing great basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays great both ends of the floor. So I'm not really mad about it. I don't think anybody really got snubbed. If you look at the rosters for the starters themselves, they look like they're pretty solid in terms of, you know, who, you know, who should be there. So I don't think anybody should be upset in terms of the starters that are out there, you know? So I'm happy about it. I'm really happy about Kemba. Like finally, you know, he's getting the recognition he deserves. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, you know, he's a top flight player, man. Like, you know, he's obviously the franchise player for Charlotte, but just the fact that people could see how great he is now, maybe that will shine more of a light on the type of talent he has. Right. So now LeBron's going to be one captain. Giannis is the other captain. Let's kind of fantasy book this real quick. LeBron obviously had the first pick. He had the more uh, more of the voting. Who do you think LeBron's going to pick first for his for his team? Whew. Yeah, uh, I know. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I mean, why not? KD. I think that's just kind of like the logical, mm-hmm. you know, he's like the second best player in the world. You know, either KD or Harden, I feel like would get, oh no, Harden starting, excuse me. Uh, yeah, KD, KD. So that's the guy. Yeah. That would be my first pick. <laughs> I think I would go with KD. Um, very interesting to see if at all LeBron picks Kyrie. What do you think? Do you think LeBron picks Kyrie at, at uh, any point? Yeah, I think you would pick Kyrie. I, I mean, I mean, you got to look at the that that the way it's set up. Yeah, that would be kind of cool for him to play with Kyrie again, especially the fact that you know that whole thing about them having the conversation came out, and clearly, you know, they have a great relationship or they have a good relationship still. So, right, I think it'd be pretty cool. Now, for you, I know that they're gonna do the reserves next week. So let's let's uh, try to, you know do some hypothetical stuff. If you're trying to pick the seven reserves for the Eastern Conference, um, and now knowing that Victor Oladipo, who I who we thought was going to make the All-Star team, is going to be out um, for the season with a knee injury, a, a spot I think has opened up. Who do you have? What seven guys do you have making the Eastern Conference reserves? Ooh, um... Kyle Lowry. Okay, stop, stop, stop. I, I, oh my God, why? Like, I, I know Kyle Lowry made the All Star team the last couple of years. I'm trying to really figure out, like, is he having an All Star year? Like, are we just picking him just to pick him, or like, sell me on why Kyle Lowry, good player, but is he having an All Star year? Yeah, I mean, his numbers are pretty good. <laughs> like, Man, you gonna, I mean, that's not. You know, he's part of the – he's actually, like, a huge reason as to why the Raptors are in first. Uh, just – I mean, his numbers are really good this year. I would I would definitely give him a nod towards being an all-star. I just can't see why – in terms of other guards in the East, you know, Kyrie's there, Kyle's there. Oh, uh, man. Um, I – 
Goodness gracious. Uh, okay, well, you, Russell from yeah. the Russell from the Nets. I mean, that's just those guards right there. Th- those would be my four guards uh, for the East. So you got Kyle Lowry, D'Angelo Russell on the reserves. Mm-hmm. Who else? Kyrie. Kyrie um, starting. Oh, Kyrie starting. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I'm bugging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bugging. Oh, man. Jimmy Butler would be a reserve for me. Okay. Jimmy Butler. Who else? Man, I got to really think about the East. Ben Simmons? Ooh, that's tough. I He's on the cusp. I like I okay. I like Ben's game. Like I love Ben's game. Actually, mm-hmm. it's just funny because you know Embiid and Jimmy. I feel like like Ben is obviously the one that runs the offense, and he gets everything in terms of dis, you know distribution and you know being the point guard. But it just I just feel like he he lacks a lot of other stuff that other guys around the league can bring to you know bring to the table as being an all star. You know, I feel like he can make it. I feel like he can get voted in, but it's just it's hard for me to see Philly having three all stars and them being in the position they're in record wise, too. You know, yeah, I think that's why I for me, I think Ben Simmons will get the nod over Jimmy Butler because he's played the whole season with Philly and um, Butler had the thing with uh, Minnesota. I think, you know, the numbers that Ben Simmons puts up with, you know, damn near triple double every night. Uh, I think will propel him to be an all-star. I think also, I think also Blake Griffin's gonna make it from Detroit. Um, he's put up big-time numbers. And speaking of your man Kyle Lowry, fourteen nine and five. I mean, yeah, that that's that that's that don't scream all-star. I know they're like top two in the East, but that don't really scream <laughs> all-star to me. Fourteen nine and five. Come on, man. It's just what he brings. I feel like, but it's like what he brings to the table in terms of, you know, setting guys up, you know, the, the scoring that they have. I mean, like, they're just so evenly spread out in Toronto. It's just, you know, man, that, yeah, I see, I see your point. It can go either way. I feel like right now I could definitely see. I could definitely see D'Angelo Russell ahead of him in terms of all-star, you know, the all-star nod. Yeah. Just based off of the numbers in the guard slot. Um, but Blake also has been, yeah, you're right. Blake's been a monster this year. I feel like it's also hard to just pinpoint, you know, who, you know, cause the records for the, the East, it's funny, like Milwaukee, you know, they're having a great year, mm-hmm. but besides Giannis, I mean, maybe Chris Middleton could be like a, a sleeper. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of hard because they don't really necessarily, they don't have necessarily like guys, you know, studs, you know, one through five. They just play really great team basketball. So, yeah, you're right. Because even, even on TNT, you know, some of the, you know, the analysts were picking their reserves and everybody, they said, um, they all agreed on like Russell, on Blake, on on Kyle Lowry, and they had Chris Middleton. I'm like Chris Middleton. He's he's an all star. Then I'm looking as it right now. He's averaging seventeen six and seventeen six and four. So, I mean, I don't know how de- depleted the Eastern Conference is, but Chris Middleton's an all star. Yes or no? Mm, nah. Okay, so why why don't you think Chris Middleton is an all star? I mean, you guys, you got guys like Bradley Beal in the East too. Okay, Bradley Beal, we got him. Keep going, yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, I think Beal's numbers are better than Chris Middleton's, and you also got to look at, as I said, like D'Angelo's been current, like. Man, this is tough to kind of divvy it up. I mean, Middleton, Middleton. If Middleton got the nod, I wouldn't be mad. But if a guy like Beal got in over 
uh, Middleton, then I wouldn't mm. be mad about that either. You know, it could really go either way. Right. Those guys could, you know, in terms of numbers, like Beal's numbers are better. Uh, but the role that Middleton's had for Milwaukee, obviously being second leading scorer is like vital for them. And them having such a great record goes in his not his favor as well. So you literally can go either way with those mm. two. I'm trying to figure out who are we missing. We got Lowry. <clears throat> you have Lowry, Russell, Butler, Blake, Beal, for now Middleton, and you need one more. Who are we missing from the Eastern Conference? Who's like nobody from Miami, nobody else from Charlotte, nobody from nobody else from the, um, Detroit, no Atlanta, no Cleveland. Oladipo would have made it, but I think we got to you know pick somebody else for him. Um, no Knicks. Oh, how about mm. the, um, the the big guy from Orlando? Uh, Vucevic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he be he's, he's, he's having a monster year. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, he be dropping. He's, he's, I, <laughs> he's I don't know how to spell his name, yeah. but I, I found him. He got uh, 21, 21 and 12 and 4. Yeah. <laughs> I I would take him. Jimmy Butler's gonna be tough. I know he you know very good player, but I think getting three from Philadelphia and they're like what fourth right now, something like that. I, you know, yeah. also from that roster. That's what I'm saying. Like it's hard for me to validate having three from Philly. You know, obviously him beats you know the starting, but mm. you know Ben. It's it, as I said. It's like a toss-up. Like, see, because Butler, you know, Butler provides that spark. He's a great scorer. You know, he's a great player. He's been yeah. an all-star in the past. Um, you know, and Ben creates the offense and puts up great numbers. You know, you know, averaging double-double, damn near. But I just feel like they're not going to have three. There's just no way that they have three, considering they're in the position they're in. Mm. And the Western Conference. Let me see if I can start it up. Let me see what I got. I got – so your starters are LeBron, KD, Curry, Harden, and Paul George. I would say AD, right? I would say Dame. I would say Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. That's three. Hmm. Clay, Dame, AD. Oh, Westbrook. Duh. Westbrook has four. Jokic five. Hmm. This gets tough now. Five. Does Luca make it? <laughs> I mean, it's, yo, bro, Luca Doncic got four million votes. He was like top four <laughs> vote getter. Four million votes. Got more than Curry and Durant. I know. <laughs> we had this conversation earlier. I was like, yeah. I would I would put him in. I'm sorry. I love the kid. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. And he's entertaining. He's also, you know, an efficient player. Right. I love him. So I'll put um, Luca down here just for the time being. I got six. I need one more. Are we taking somebody from San Antonio, DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge? I mean, Lamarcus has had a pretty good year quietly. No, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Mm, mm. Nah. <laughs> like, nah, not this year, buddy. Sorry. Um, I I think Aldrich. I I mean, I don't really want to put him there, but I think they're 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 in the top eight. Uh, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell should get a nod. Hmm. I think Donovan should get a should get a good look. A good look. So now, would would you take Mitchell or Luca? I think I think it I think it'll come down to those two. I think I think Aldridge would get in, but then it'll come down to Luca and Mitchell for the final. Spot. Another guy, another guy. People forget about um, is Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you're right. I like yeah. him a lot. I mean, it's hard for me. You know what's crazy? If we're going to go with the battle between, and I know this sounds wild, <laughs> and Donovan's my guy. I love the kid. Yeah. <laughs> but 
I might, for what they bring to the table respectively, you might put in Gobert ahead of D. I mean... Okay. I could put Gobert ahead of... Because if you think about it, like, the West obviously is guard heavy. You know, there's other bigs, quote-unquote, that need to go in there. Just like what we said, like, you know, LeBron's going to try to draft, you know, Anthony Davis. Like, you know... That's that's a big, but he doesn't really play like a you know. All right, you know, so he's such a multifaceted player. So let's, let's uh, look at the numbers. Rudy Gobert, uh, f- on average, on a round off, fifteen, thirteen, two assists and two blocks. Okay, then we got Donovan Mitchell, twenty-two, four rebounds, four assists. Not bad. And everybody's favorite player, Luca. 20. <laughs> Yo, bro, everybody's loving Luca. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, he's on TNT. He's on ESPN now. Oh, oh, the Mavericks. And he's getting 20 a game, seven boards, and five assists. So I. It's going to be tough, man. You, you can't take all three because you know AD got a spot. Dame, Clay, Westbrook, and Jokic. So Luca. Mitchell, Gobert, three people for two spots. And I think, I, you know, knowing that Jokic is the only big man um, on the bench, they might go with somebody else. But unless they go with a, with a second big man with Gobert, he, you know, he does have the numbers for to be an all-star. Um, I mean, you're not getting two from Utah. I'll tell you that much. You might get one. But Luka... If he does not make it, they're probably gonna say, "Well, he's a rookie, first year guy. You know, he'll 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 get his time down the road." I think it's time for Gobert and Mitchell, but I don't know, man. That's why I'm not a coach. I can't pick the All Stars. They, they 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 got a really tough job. All three deserve it. I don't know who I'll pick. I would go with Ro- Robert Gobert and Ooh. I mean, Luca averages more assists and more rebounds than Donovan. Yep. I mean, and I feel like efficiency-wise, like, he's also better, too. Like, not as many shots taken and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, it's tough, splitting. man. It's tough. You're, yeah, you're splitting hairs there. <laughs> I, I would go... I mean, Gobert, as I said, like, there's not another legit big on the West besides... Jokic. You're right, because there's, there's not even one starting, so Jokic is, is the only big man. So, Exactly. I mean, AD and Jokic, that's it. And yeah, yeah. I would definitely consider Ro- Gobert. Okay. Um, we mentioned Oladipo earlier. He's going to be out for, this, for this, uh, the whole entire year with mm-hmm. a, a knee injury, unfortunate. Um, Indiana was third in the Eastern Conference when the injury happened. Just want to get your thoughts on how monumental that is for Indiana going forward. And I guess the landscape of the Eastern Conference, because, you know, Philly might rise up now. Boston's going to rise up in the standings. Uh, I don't think Indiana is going to sustain that. Um, do they just stand pat? Do they just keep playing and see what happens? Do you think they kind of patch it up and make a deal? Or do you think they just wait it out until they get Oladipo back next year? I feel like it's hard to it's hard to gauge that. I mean, they might have to just they don't I don't know what other pieces they could, you know, throw in there to get a guy to replace, you know, what Oladipo brought to the table. Mm. You, you know, for a guy who like, you know, most improve and then now, you know, barring the fact that he had such a catastrophic injury like he was definitely an all-star, you know, he was he had Indiana third in the East where you know, they weren't really much of a thought right. beginning of the season as a contender. So I don't know what type of pieces they could throw away that they wouldn't want to keep. You know what I mean? Like Miles Turner, you know, Miles Turner is another one that we didn't really talk much about in terms of possible, you know, possibly sneaking in as an all-star. But I mean, 
Sabonis and Turner and you know they they have great pieces young I mean they they don't want to get rid of those kind of guys right so they might they might just have to stand pat you know and just and wait because I wouldn't want to throw away the rest of the franchise just because you know one player got hurt as much as it sucks yeah I mean you got to do that Staying on the injury train, um, Lonzo Ball is out four to six weeks. It also came down today that out of nowhere, Spencer Dinwiddie from Brooklyn, who, you know, that team has been playing well the whole entire year. I think they're top six in the East right now. Um, he's out four to six weeks with a torn ligament in his finger. So Ball is out. Dinwiddie's out. What do you make of Ball being out for, for so long? Also with... LeBron still being out. Rondo came back tonight against Minnesota, but um, how much of a, a of a you know detriment is Lonzo Ball being out for the six weeks? And also Dinwiddie with how Brooklyn ha- uh, has been playing recently. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, Lonzo Ball. I felt like he was kind of getting into his own. You know, coming into his own the last couple of weeks, even with LeBron being out. And like, yeah, sure, the Lakers weren't winning games. But, you know, this was the time where a lot of guys were auditioning, you know, to see who they, you know, who could rock with LeBron, you know, going forward. You know, it's no secret, like, that roster is not going to be the same next year. And, you know, with all the assets that they have in terms of young talent, you know, that was the per- perfect opportunity for Lonzo to show, you know, that he's the point guard of the future for the for the organization. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he still is. Uh, but in terms of them growing together, that's that's where they kind of have to take a step back, you know, because you know what you're going to get from Josh Hart all the time. Kyle Kuzma is in the same boat. You know, they've been pretty consistent, you know, but Ingram and, and Zoe, it just felt like as if, you know, it's up and down, up and down. And then finally, when you get, you know, Lonzo playing consistent, good basketball, you know, unfortunately him tweaking his ankle and being out that long. You know, LeBron might come back while he is still on the shelf. So it's kind of like there's never been that time where it's like they've been able to gel and playing at the high level at the same time like that. So it's interesting. I think I think he'll be fine. I think the Lakers will be fine. But, you know, they clearly just need LeBron. <laughs> it's it's no secret. You very, know, very it's not true. Lonzo's not going to make or break them. You know, so I was just looking at it more in sense of trying to build that continuity, like, you know, that synergy. And then when LeBron came back, you know, that's just kind of the missing piece because, you know, when you go from being second in the West to dropping a ninth within, you know, a week of each other, it's kind of like, well, that's just the state of the West. And also, you know, they're only four games back from being like within, you know, the third spot in the West. So Mm. it's like. It's not too late for anything, so I think they'll be fine. You know, they just got to keep treading the water until LeBron comes back. Yeah. And uh, in terms of Dinwiddie, that's oof, that's tough because, you know, we we were looking at the fact that you know D'Angelo and Dinwiddie were feeding off of each other and playing great basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the scoring ability from both those guys is great. And now that. Dinwiddie's out. I just want to see, you know, how it's going to affect, you know, D'Angelo's output, you know, in terms of, you know, distribution and scoring the ball. You know, of course, they're going to play great team basketball regardless. But, I mean, that guy, Dinwiddie's been a bucket the whole year. And it's just tough for me to see how uh, the numbers and the consistency they've had in terms of, you know, playing great basketball is going to, you know, stay the same. And I really hope they don't drop out of the playoff race. They've been such a great surprise this year. Yeah. You know, so it's tough. That one, that one's worse than Lonzo's injury. You know, that guy, as I said, he's been a bucket. He's been consistent and he really helped elevate the game of everybody else around him to the point where Brooklyn's the sixth seed in the, the East. Like nobody saw that coming. So yeah, yeah, that's tough. How do you how do, how do you think Laker fans feel like they traded a guy who might make the All Star team this year, and now they're stuck with Lonzo Ball, who's hurt and has a, has a semi jump shot and still kind of working out the kinks. But now Russell, um, 
could be very well on his way to his first All-Star selection. How do you think Lakers fans feel about that right now? Well, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you also got to gauge it. Like, when did the Lakers get rid of Russell? In his second year? Yeah. Or going into his third year? Second, going going into his third year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Lonzo's not done with his second year either. You know, it's kind of like everyone was looking at the fact that D'Angelo was immature. And yeah, sure, he was. You know, what kid isn't, you know, who isn't really stupid at the age of 19? <laughs> like, you know, he just had a lot of growing up to do. And now he's in the perfect spot for him uh, to grow and to be a leader now because it's kind of been forced upon him. Like, you know, you you were traded from the team that drafted you because people felt you weren't mature enough. And, of course, everything that went down with Nick Young and just his inability to be that leader. And now he's kind of seen it like, you know what? I actually have to take this seriously. I got to do what's right in being a professional. Right. And I feel like it's the flip side with Lonzo. Like, you know, Lonzo is the, you know, prototypical point guard. Like he tries to make the great, you know, the right pass and the right play. And, you know, it's just offensively from his own, from his own end. Like, you know, he has, you know, he has issues on the free throw line. His outside jump shot's been shoddy. You know, it's just kind of like you wish you could kind of interchange the two. But I think he'll be fine in the long run. I mean, I don't see him being he's a he's going to be a really good point guard, but I don't see him being like a transcendent point guard, like what everybody was looking at. It just doesn't it just doesn't seem like we would have found pieces of that by now. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. you're that point guard to be, you know, the franchise kind of guy, then you would have averaged, you know, a certain amount. And, you know, of course, like Jason Kidd came into the league, you know, with a shoddy jump shot as well. And he just worked his way up into being a pure shooter towards the end of his career. But there were clear signs that the guy was just such a gifted floor general from the jump. And I just haven't seen the same from Lonzo. Like, he makes great plays, and he makes the right plays, but it's not the same. So, you know, they each have to grow into their own. True. So. What do you what do you make of what you see from James Harden, man? This guy is, uh, you know, getting 50-plus in the last five games. He's getting 30-plus in, in the last maybe 20 games. Just gave my Knicks 61 last night. At the Garden, um, I, I, I remember as a kid seeing Jordan's, Michael Jordan's double nickel, Kobe 61, uh, you know, LeBron getting that triple-double that, that week, and then um, Melo getting 62 as a Nick. So uh, a lot of high-scoring games have taken place at the Garden. You know, not always, you know, from our players. There's always somebody coming in and just – you know, destroying us, but you know, his, what he did last night, man. I think it was, I wouldn't say unreal because that's that's the norm for what he's been able to do recently. And uh, a high prolific scorer could, you know, could go down as one of the greatest scorers of all time, averaging I think damn near thirty five a game. Still top four, top five in the Western Conference. He can't sustain this all year. Waiting for Capella and Chris Paul to come back, but just. You know, as a fan, seeing what he's been able to do and things look so effortless and he's not even, like, tired. And it's like every shot he takes, it's a 95% chance it's going to go in. And, you know, what do you take from what you've been able to see from Harden and the performance he had last night at uh, at the Garden? Whew. <laughs> exactly. That was, that, was my, that was my reaction when I oh, heard about it. I wasn't even watching the game. I heard about it, but... You know, his numbers have been crazy this year. Obviously, you know, CP3 being out and, you know, he's kind of obviously the scoring is, you know, all him. But I saw this interesting statistic that a lot of people, you know, because people are, you know, complaining about the free throw thing, which, you know, sometimes I had issue in terms of, you know, it, it's not really, it's not pretty basketball to watch per se. I mean, he shot five for 20 from three. Yeah. And, you know, talk about a green light. You know, this guy, you know, he's putting up shots whenever from wherever he wants. But, 
I saw this interesting statistic that he would still be leading the league or in the top two in scoring, even if you took away his free throw, you know, attempts and also, you know, three point shots. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of him getting to the rim and trying to control the tempo of the game, you know, I found that to be very, very fascinating. And I mean, what what can you say? Like the guy had his, you know, he was looking for his quote unquote garden moment. I mean, he had it. You know, the one thing that I was kind of surprised to hear, though, was him talking about, you know, how it's like his legacy in terms of having that moment. I kind of wish it was more towards like, you know, him talking about, you know, the, the Madison Square Garden effect per se, like because it was in New York City and like the Mecca and like, you know, I get it. Like, I hope it's not just like him saying like, oh, you know, this is the only thing I'm looking towards, you know, because, you know, he's such a great player. It's it's just like being an MVP of the league. Like mm-hmm. you're looking forward towards him doing stuff like this now. You know, it's not like something that catches you by surprise. Right. So. You know, that was just the one thing that kind of perked my ears up. But I love, you know, I love watching uh, players do great things at the Garden, whether they're for the Knicks or against the Knicks. It's just, you know, it's just a treat to watch them do something, you know, in our backyard. But, you know, he's he's putting on a show this year. Like, it's pretty it's pretty wild. I just want to see how, you know, that translates. I mean, obviously, he's going to pass the ball more when CP3 comes back and Capella comes back. Mm hmm. Um, but they just needed to find more, you know, find more of a, a way for him to, you know, score the ball. And I guess he just took it into his own hands, literally like, you know, all his points were unassisted and it's just pretty wild to think about that, you know? So he's, he's a machine right now, you know, he's on a tear. So it's, it's pretty cool to watch, but I hope it doesn't consent, you know, continue the entire season cause he'll get burnt out. Um, yeah. And, you know, in the playoffs, you know, the game slows down and it's a totally different animal. So, you know, that's the main thing I kind of look towards him now. I want to see what he does in the playoffs now, you know. Yeah, you know, we also had that big uh, KD game, uh, I think, back in October at the Garden. Just, you know, it's sad, man. It's sad, you know, these players, Jordan, LeBron's and all these players, they they always say, oh, you know, NYC is the mecca. The greatest arena in the world is it's it's a different feeling here and surreal and MSG this and Broadway and it's like hey, you know why, why don't you come do that you know for forty one home games you know <laughs> just you know do it in, a, in a New York Nick uniform come on LeBron you should have been here in twenty ten maybe twenty fourteen Kevin Durant you had that opportunity um, this summer you know Kyrie the same thing too and it just you know. You know, I, again, aside from Melo back in fourteen with sixty two, it's just like you, you don't you get a lot a lot more high scoring prolific games from the visitor than you do from the hometown team. And it's like at some point, maybe we just have to get better overall as, as a team and getting those um, high profile stars. And you know, we'll see what happens this summer. But you know, going forward, you know. The garden should not be a spot where, hey, come on in and just get fifty on us, and, that, and that's it. And we, and we all praise you. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. a thing where, yeah, we know the we, we know the aura, we know what's the mecca, but still, you might you might you might leave you you, you might leave with an L. I mean, At it's least. the greatest city in the world, and everything's gonna be hyped up because of yeah. it, and the media makes sure that everybody knows when people of high profile are playing the Knicks because it's such a high profile event and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I just want to see the day where not just the Knicks, but like, I just want to like in terms of Harden, like, and I love seeing what Harden's doing in terms of like a personal standpoint, but I, I want to see like the league start doing this whole thing where it's like, well, you know, let's just double team Harden and let somebody else beat us. You know, like let's <laughs> let you know, let's see like Eric Gordon, you know, or PJ Tucker try to be the guy to oh, drop wow. forty. You know, like why why is it always just something where it's just an ISO and everything's got to be a show? Like I want to see, you know, things like things turn where it's like, okay, we're gonna make everybody else earn it because I'm pretty sure Harden can still average, you know. He could still drop 20-something, close to 30-something, you know, double-teamed, and then, you know, guys got to switch and they screen and, you know, all that other good stuff. But 
come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on, Knicks. Like, <laughs> we got to. I mean, it, it, you know, ain't it ironic that Dan Tony did not, when he was coaching Melo, he did, he did not like the ISO ball that Melo, that Melo was playing. But now with, with, you know, with Houston and Harden, it's like, oh, okay, go ahead. Like you know, like which one is it? You you know, mellow, no ISO. Then you you like it with, with Harden with the ISO, and because you know, last night you're watching Harden at the top of the key three point line, and everybody just standing on the left, standing on the right, waiting for him to make a move, and we just it just you know, you, like like you're watching a movie, just waiting for him to pass or, or or create a shot, and just like wow, like that's what the Rockets have become without the likes of Capella and Chris Paul. So I know all that will change when they come back, but it's like, you know, D'Antoni, you did not like it with Melo, and we know how you feel about Melo, you know, overall, but now yeah. you kind of accept it with James Harden. I don't know, man. I mean, it just, yeah, that drives me nuts. Carmelo is one of my favorite players ever. I... You know, in high school, playing in high school, I had, you know, I tried my best to get the number 15. I got it, you know, one year in high school. I had the headband, the cornrows. Like, I had all that going on. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. is right. <laughs> um, nah, but I, you know, I don't see, I don't understand why D'Antoni lets this one rock considering, you know, maybe it's kind of like he's forced into this situation where, you know, he has, you know, the best scorer on the planet. And, you know, Melo, as great of a scorer as he is, he wasn't regarded as the best scorer on the planet. Like, you know, Kobe, you know, Kobe at that time when, you know, Melo was in his prime, you know, so was Kobe per se. So it's kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, I always see like how D'Antoni reacts with like players also, because I, I get the feeling like, Harden also wouldn't be the type of player to kind of just like push back. You know, he True. doesn't seem like a guy that's he just seems so laid back like anything goes. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, Melo Melo ain't that. He'll tell you what's up <laughs> real quick. Yeah, I feel like Melo's like, you know, Melo's a cool dude, you know, anytime I've ever gotten to speak to him, great guy, but he's also a dude that knows what he wants and not saying that Harden doesn't, but, you know, there's just a different tune that comes out of both of them. <laughs> like, he'll tell you. It's just that's not the way it's going to work. So at the moment, Melo is not on a roster. Um, he did get traded to he did get traded to Chicago. We all know he ain't staying as, as a Chicago Bull. Um, going to get waived and pick his uh, new destination. I think wait, wait it out to the, um, the All-Star break or the, 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 the trade deadline. And see what's out there. You know, rumors still out there. He might end up with the Lakers, at as a plan B. Maybe Philly. I, I haven't heard any other team um, that's interested in him. So I think we're down to LA and Philly as of right now. One, do you see him playing this year? Two, if so, what's the best logical place? for him or do you think it's LA and that's really it uh I see him playing towards the end of this year only if he ends up in Los Angeles or Philly if neither one of them sign him then he's not playing this year you know it sucks it it really does suck and I don't know why more people wouldn't want to take a flyer on a guy who's been known to be I mean, he's a clutch shooter, and you know he, you know, as much as as much as people want to knock him, like you know, he could be a great spot up shooter, and you know, I think he's in the mindset of like, you know, he now knows what the league is looking for him to do in terms of you know his ability, and you know, it's 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 a change. He's going to have to be a spot up shooter, but yeah, man, L.A. or Philly, like that's it. I think you know, I was thinking Miami. And I wish, you know, San Antonio could also give him a look because, like, you know, the respect factor with Pop. But sure. also they need, you know, they, they've they taken the least amount of threes, but they shoot them at the highest percentage in the league, mm -hmm. which a lot of people, you know, don't focus on with that team. But, yeah, I, I think if he does play, he's in a Laker or Sixer uniform. 
but if he doesn't get signed by either one of them, he's not going to play. Yeah, um, I would love to see him with L.A. I think, um, you know, playing playing with LeBron will, you know, give him some more hope, more light. And, you know, with that roster, it, it's, it's really shaky with older guys, veterans, and, and, and the new guys. And, um, you know, with certain people out for injury, even like even with the Rockets, I'm like, you know, it just – I, I I I look back and I say, you, you mean to tell me that with okay without Capella and Chris Paul and guy, you mean to tell me that Melo can't provide you fifteen points like, as opposed to James Harden shooting fifty shots whatever, from from three, Melo can't give you can't be the third leading scorer behind Eric Gordon like I, I, that's a whole different di- dynamic. But um, I think I think he'll fit with LA. Uh, I, you know. Don't expect him to start, or don't expect him to get like thirty minutes. But I think he, I think he can still contribute to a playoff contending team. That and all I see is L.A. Philly. You, you know, you did mention San Antonio. I think will be a nice spot for him too. But um, I don't see him retiring uh, just yet. I don't see him going overseas that people want him on Twitter to go to. So, <laughs> and they, there are a lot of fans that that, that really, Dave, uh, it's on Twitter, man. And it's very weird how. They don't want Dirk to retire. They're not saying, Dirk, get out of here, or D-Wade, time for you to get out of here. But Melo was like just getting 27 the week, the week prior. He, he got released or whatever, and they want, him, they want him to retire or go to China. I'm like, either you really hate Melo or he did, he did something real bad to you, and you, you just don't forgive him. But <laughs> he's still in his mid-30s. He's still the same age as LeBron, maybe a little younger. He can still perform and hoop. I really don't know what the problem is with these fans, and even today it's it's the it's the five year anniversary of him scoring sixty two at the Garden. So look at that. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, I think LeBron's a little bit younger than him. I remember. I mean, yeah, because Melo was a freshman at Cuse, and LeBron was doing his thing at 03. They were in the same draft class, so yeah, yeah. I think he's a little bit older, but not by that much. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, five-year difference between the two. Also, I don't even listen to NBA Twitter uh, Twitter anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I don't even... I had a guy... I got a guy tell me, um, and I'm not even exaggerating, this one guy told me that he wouldn't take, you know, Zion with a top three pick this year and that he wow. would try to get a guy from a mid-major school ahead of him and he doesn't believe it. And I'm just like... okay. <laughs> all right you know like that's when i kind of yeah, you know sure, i buddy. put my phone down and started reading a book i'm not listening to you guys it's crazy no nah, but yeah mellow mellow he i wish you know I, I think the lakers should take a flyer on him as i said like why not you know what i mean like they're in this position where they're gonna have to they're gonna be rebuilding anyway and playing with lebron or and case in point like Guys like like Rondo and LeBron, like such cerebral players, will put him in a situation where he doesn't have to try to struggle to get the shot off per se. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I think a guy, you know, the two the two smartest players in the league are on the same team, and True. it's just cra- it's just crazy to me how you couldn't find a spot for Melo on a on the Lakers roster, considering that they talk you know quite often about you know, their need to try to find shooters for LeBron. Also, I, you know, I hate to say it, but like the end of the Lakers bench, I mean, the last two dudes, they're, they're wasting a spot. You know, you know, every single player that's in the NBA, they work hard to get to where they are. But like, I'm taking Melo over Alex Caruso any day of the week. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, me just, too. yeah, like, let's, let's just get, let's just get the guy in the Lakers uniform. Come on. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I, I like, I like Lance. I like Beasley when he plays. I like I like Zubac. Um, he's he's gonna be an animal. Yeah, I I, I love Zubac. Uh, I like Josh Hart. Um, but you mean to tell me Carmelo Anthony, a prolific scorer like that for so long, can't get a? It's funny how every player who he got traded for in that Denver deal, like they're all still in the NBA. And he's not. You mean to tell me Ray Felton, uh, I assume Moskov is still somewhere lurking around somewhere. 
um, Chandler, <laughs> uh, Will Chandler, Gallinari, um, even his, his nemesis, <laughs> Jeremy Lin. You mean to tell me they're all still in the league and Carmelo Anthony can't get a spot? That's, uh, I don't know, man, but the question I want to ask you is like, you know, fast forward just to have fun. Like when, when Melo does eventually retire, like what do you see him doing? You know, most guys go to TNT, go to ESPN. They, they, they do analyst work or they coach. Do you see Melo being a, a coach, you know, again, you know, NBA, high school, college. Do you see him uh, being that kind of analyst on ESPN, TNT? Do you see him doing something different more like like kobe does like like video than projects um see carmelo doing his own podcast like what do you see Melo doing when his time is up in the nba um man i mean Melo is actually like a deep you know he seems like a deep dude he's really in tune with in terms of uh you know political issues and you know civil you know, civil issues and things like that. Um, or I mean, I could see him yeah. being in, a, in, in the entertainment business, but also, you know, just being like around in the scene. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, you know, outreach programs, things like that. Like I feel like he he's pretty in tune with in terms of the youth. I mean, he has like, you know, the grassroots programs and with the black ops, you know, AAU teams and stuff like that. So, you know, he also has a kid, you know, he, you know, he has a son that's growing up and playing basketball. So, you know, I think he's just going to be in tune with, you know, being a dad and <laughs> just being around, you know, yeah. but I could easily see him being in the entertainment business considering, you know, he's married to Lala and just around that type of group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more real quick. Um, some players that might be on the move um, before the trade deadline, or just, you know, hearsay rumors. The rumor is that, you know, Memphis is looking to, you know, trade both Conley and Marcus or, or one of them, trying to get some feelers out there. Also, New York getting feelers around Ennis Cantor, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee. Uh, the Knicks need to get rid of all three. They're going to, you know, need some, get some more cap space for the summer. So that's detrimental um, for their books to get rid of all three of them. Um, and the Grizzlies, you know, they start off pretty good early on. Now it's like, all right, we got to get rid of Conley and Marcus All. Let's see what happens. Let's see who will take him. Marcus All will be a free agent this summer anyway. So, one, do you see Memphis keeping Conley and Mark for the entire year? If someone gets traded, who goes first? Or what teams you feel like could use a Marcus All, could use a Mike Conley? And the whole Knicks debacle of trying to unload cancer, Tim Hardaway, and Courtney Lee. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be easier to move Mark Gasol, considering Conley's contract is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Conley's injury prone, um, and his contract is you know, pretty big. So I feel like it would be easier to get Mark... I think it would be kind of cool. I mean, how about this? Like, I think maybe, you know, Mark could follow in his big brother's footsteps and end up as a Laker. <laughs> like, oh, I think. My God. For who, though? For who? Oh, you, oh, you mean as, as like a free agent, basically? Free agent okay. or a trade. I mean, you you could look at the roster itself. Like, you know, they could, you know, package two of the young guys, you know, pick for Mark. I mean, I, I just, I could see that. I could see that happening. I mean, that would be a great big man for LeBron to work with, like a passing big man who can step out, you know, and his decent rim defender. I think that would be great for them. I don't, I don't know where Conley could go. That contract is really, really big, and that, that would have to definitely be like, you know, a team that's just looking to get, you know, as much money off of the books, and mm. they could just let him walk and, but then they'd expect, I mean, there's a lot that Memphis would have to get back considering they're giving up Conley. So if I would say one of the two gets traded first, definitely Gasol. Well, you know, Marcus Gasol ain't like that young either. He's 
33. So I think whoever's going to trade for him or try to acquire him knows, like, you know, you're not 28 right now. You're not 30. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just think, like, most teams are not going to be able to just swallow, like, $30 million, though, for, mm. <laughs> like, a point guard who's injury-prone. Right. You know, whether that's something that they want to just eventually get off of the books or not, like, that's something that's, like, you got to really, really, really buy into the fact that you would have that on your roster. Mm. Um, I know if the Lakers, you know, were to acquire Marcus o or inquire about him, I think that would be uh, good for them because I don't see Ty Chandler staying there after this year. I don't know what it, what his contract is. Same with JaVale McGee. I think a lot of guys – just I just signed a whole bunch of one year deals and mm-hmm. uh, I think Marcus So is better than both of them both of those guys. So if they want to improve on that front, I think that'll be good. Mike Conley. Um before the Oladipo um stuff, I I, I would have thought either him or Marcus Saul would be nice on, on Indiana. Um people out there are saying, Well, hey, you know, what if you know Toronto could be better with Mike Conley than Kyle Lowry? I don't know, but I, I really don't see a clear, distinctive fit. Like, you know what? If Marcus O goes here, they'll be good. Or Mike Conley, like the Clippers, I really don't know where they would go. So I, I think I think they'll stay put for the season. But I think, you know, I think Marcus O will be the first one to go uh, in free agency. Yeah, I could see that. It's hard, to, it's hard to move either one of them. Like, that's a tough... You know, as I said, like, if one of them were to get traded, I feel like Gasol would be the one to go. But in terms of the free agent aspect, yeah, like, you know, that's just one of those things where they might have to also talk to Gasol ahead of time and just be like, you know, you would you resign? And I mean the team that would be getting him in terms of the trade, like, like what, you know, Philadelphia did with Jimmy, you know, like everybody knows that he wants to resign there and like that's you know they're working on that now so it's just kind of like one of those things where you just never know but yeah i don't see there's no team in the league that i could really look at and just be like okay that would be the best pinpoint fit for gasol besides the Lakers, like honestly like yeah as a free agent mm. that would really be the only team cuz i mean I mean, who would be – I know he wouldn't sign for less money anywhere else, like, if he went to, like, a Golden State. Like, that's out of the question. Like, a team that basically moves the ball a lot. You know, he's a great passing big man who can stretch the floor. You know, I, I know a lot of teams are trying to play like that, but how many teams can really play like that? You know what I mean? Like, what could we – what could you focus on in terms of that offense? So, yeah, I think the Lakers would be the best fit for him. Now, I know they have Al Horford. What about Boston? I mean, I I don't know how many years Al has left on his contract there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty set in that direction. I mean, he would, at, once again, Gasol would have to take a considerable pay cut considering what they have on the horizon with the other guys there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to re-sign Kyrie, who's trying to get the max. Um, they just gave Marcus smart, right? Yeah, they gave him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's you know, whew, you know, Terry Rozier has to be resigned. There's a lot that's going yeah. that's going on there. A lot, <laughs> a lot going on in uh, in Boston, uh, Atlanta with Trey Young. I don't know. I mean, that, that's why it's so difficult to see to pin, to really pinpoint. All right, you go there. They're a playoff team, or you go there. You know, like like San Antonio. Yeah, but Atlanta has. mm, Yeah, you're right. Atlanta could be interesting. You know, Trey Young. People don't talk about. um, Oh goodness, great! Why did I just forget his name? Collins. Oh, John Collins. Woof. You know, like they have a nice little nucleus. You know, building up there and. You know, and the big man that they drafted from Villanova as well, um, Amari, you know, Spellman, he, he could be really good down the road. You know, it's just, you know, his, you know, controlling his weight and just his skill set could grow 
Yeah. Year in and year out. They could have a really good team down the road. And their head coach is a really great coach, you know, by, by everything that I've heard coming from the Sixers organization and, you know, being groomed by Brett Brown. He's really good. So that, you know, that might be appealing to Gasol down the road too. You never know. You know where Marcus All should go. I mean, unless he wants to go to a chip contender, I get all that. But you know where I think would be the best fit for him? Charlotte. Mm. Who is the big man for Charlotte? I don't even know. <laughs> Who is it? Zeller. <laughs> Zeller. Oh, come on, man. Stop. Zeller, <laughs> Frank Kaminsky, like these guys that don't really get burned or ain't doing much. Now you want to keep Kimba. You got to get help for Kimba. You have to get help for Kimba next year. Yeah. Get Marcus yeah, I mean, That'd be nice. Billy Hernan Gomez is there too. Okay, like I, I mean, said, like I said, you got yeah. to get better than that <laughs> to keep Kimba and, you know, because. Yeah, yeah. Now if you say, yeah, listen, we, we're getting Marcus Saul, he might say, all right, bet. I'll stay in Charlotte. I think I think he'll stay in in, uh, in um in general, but to be like, all right, what else can we do going forward? All right, I take Marcus Saul. That, that that that's a guy that can give me twenty and ten on on a nightly basis. I think a best fits scenario, and there's no competition from the bench. I think Marcus Saul should go to Charlotte. That sounds like a great. Yeah, that actually might be a great fit. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Michael Jordan uh, thinks the same way. You know, <laughs> true, true, exactly. Um, the Knicks now, real quick, last point. The Knicks—they're trying to get rid of Cantor, Hardaway, lead the whole fire sale. If they can to get more money to sign people in the summertime. Um, Cantor's uh, going to be a free agent this year, so he'll come off the books regardless. But Tim Hardaway, I think, is in the second year of the contract that he signed two years ago. Courtney Lee, not sure about the money with in the contract mm-hmm. with him. But, um, I mean, I'm not surprised that they're trying to get rid of, rid of these guys. Maybe a little surprised about Hardaway. Um, not so much surprised about Cantor and Lee, but what do you think they do? Do you think they make a move at all before the trade deadline? Oh, man. Well, after Cantor's comments last night, you know, put the Knicks in a tough position, you know, showing that he's unhappy and, you know, just, you know, a lot of teams can look at that and just be like, you know, well, we can, you know, we can get basically, you know, anything for him. You know, they can give up anything for him. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where they might be put into this situation where they just might have to, you know, release him. Because they're not going to get anything great for him now. And it just seems like that's a battle that won't end pretty. You know, it might be Gasol 2.0, <laughs> like for, yeah. for Coach Fizz. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that that's tough. But in terms of Courtney Lee and, and Hardaway, you know, once again, like contracts are involved. Like they both have contracts that are really, you know, well, by the standards of the time, by the time the CBA is next year, like it won't be that astronomical, but they both have pretty good contracts. And it's like, you know, what are you going to get in return? Like, are we going to get expiring contracts? Are we going to get, you know, guys that aren't worth a lot of money? Like, you know, that's always just one of those things where it's, you know, up in the air and in limbo. But I would love, I mean, they all seem like great guys and, You know, yeah. thank you for being a Nick, but <laughs> yeah, once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> once a Nick, always a Nick, but it's about that time. <laughs> we we got to build for the future, man. Yeah. Like we got to find a way to to clear this cap space and shed any you know dead weight of guys that we know are not going to be part of the future, and all three of them are not going to be part of the future. You know, it's just like you know we got to look for you know this top five draft pick, a uh, big free agent and build around KP and Knox. And, you know, who's to say we can't even get rid of Knox if it's for the right price? You know, it's just you got to go with, you know, the short shot and what's good, you know, for the organization. So, you know, building around KP has been the forefront, and I think that should be the forefront, you know. So 
I don't know where we can trade them. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I don't know either. you know what we can get back because you know money wise, a lot of teams in uh, a lot of teams in the league are going to look at that and say, mm, you know, we really don't have to give up anything great. <laughs> so no, I mean for me, I, I I'll call Memphis. Hey, I got Cantor and Courtney Lee for Marcus All. Let's up. Let's do this. They won't do. I'm just saying. They won't do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know what kind of value you want to get for Marcus All, knowing that uh. Um, would you trade? Would you trade? Now, okay, with the possibility of him resigning, would you want Marcus All for the future? I mean, I think I, that's a very good question because I, I don't know how much money he would want. He's thirty three. We're trying to get younger. We're trying to get exactly. Younger. You know, like yeah. I don't know. I don't know what position we could be in because I'm looking at the rest of the bigs in the league. Yeah. Like who and it's five? like more besides like man, that's like you know you're just kind of rolling the dice, man. Like besides you know Embiid or a Carl Anthony, you know in terms of young talent, Anthony Davis, like you know is he really? He's not going to leave New Orleans for for the Knicks. You know it's just yeah you know it's tough it's really tough to try yeah. to get rid of all that that money in that contract i mean it would be easier if we got you know if kd ended up signing here you know i could definitely see somebody being like okay you know i might be able to take a little bit of a pay exactly I, I think they gotta get that big domino first they, they, they gotta get that kd or Kyrie or again even getting the first pick and getting zion in the draft and a Marcus Salky, but you know what? Yeah, I like what's going on there. Good young roster. They got this guy got KP back from injury. Um, a better situation than what I was in in Memphis. So I go, I I take a little pay cut and see how it is. You know, one year deal and see because if the Knicks, you know, but would he come here? I mean, Mark. I mean, I I don't know if Mark would come here regardless, considering what happened with Fizz. Oh, dog! Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I, I, I totally forgot about that, bro. Wow. I would like to take – I would honestly like to look at a guy. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. I got to look this up. Mm. But when he was coming into the draft, I really loved Montrez Harrell. Like as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, he got way I, better. Way better. I like him a lot. Like he just seemed like a guy like, you know, yeah, he's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, you know, but he's just, you know – He's a rebounding machine. He plays great defense. You know, he's not necessarily going to score. He just does his role. Mm -hmm. But he also, you know, he does a great job. Like, I think that's why, like, people see, like, the Clippers, you know, were playing such great basketball. I mean, they still are. Um, but and from a team standpoint, like, he does, like, his role. Like, everybody just has that role. So, if you, you know, if you're able to find a way for him to get on the Knicks somehow, you know, whether it's via free agency or a trade, you know, and just be like, you know, this is your role. Like KP's, you know, the man and, you know, we have the other big fish and, you know, he could just slide in and fit at the four position based off of, you know, whatever else we got. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I don't see any other bigs like that in the league that we could kind of get, you know, for a good price that's young. Yeah, I don't know, man. Nick's Nick's got a, a lot of questions to be answered, man. From every damn near every position, trade uh, trade deadline, what, what they're gonna do with the free agency uh, draft. Um, I mean, I was on board with I I was on board with the whole rumors of Canner going to Sacramento for for Randolph. Man, in a heartbeat. Like I just feel like contract wise, you know, we get we shed the weight. You know, get rid of that money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a clean, clean trade. You know, because Sacramento will be willing to do it. I mean, it's essentially the same money, and you never know. Like Canner's, Canner's just looking for a consistent place to be that's going to pay him and where he could play. And Sacramento actually would be a great fit. I mean, because the rest of that roster is pretty young. Oh yeah, young. They get up and down. I, I mean, well, they got they got Stein. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein, so we're Cantor gonna come off the bench. Yeah, I guess that's kind of tough to. Cauley Stein's like legit. A f yeah, he's a five. So 
Yeah. I don't know, man. Kansas, Kansas uh, I mean, uh, hey, Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte need a big man. So uh, that's really it. I don't know what you want to trade him to, but I know Knicks have done a few trades with Charlotte before. But um, as, long as, it, as long as New York gets better and sheds that weight, shed that, sheds, sheds those contracts to, uh, to get these free agents, um, they, 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 they got to do that and do that ASAP because I don't know who else is going to want Courtney Lee, you know? Yeah, I would take I would take anybody at this point. That's not gonna you know be a multi year ab- albatross and yeah. You know I know that the Knicks were saying in the beginning of the year that they're not gonna make trades just to make trades and you know hit the panic button. You know, but for those three, I would honestly trade for I would trade from G leaguers at this point. You know, just kind of <laughs> you know kill two birds with one stone, man. We don't need the money. I mean, you know, just I mean, get it off the books. <laughs> it's not like we don't have some already. Like, <laughs> you know, just, we do have some already. I just, no, I like our roster a lot. It's just, you know, and I'm not complaining because I don't want to see, I don't want to see team tank on purpose. I like, I like the fact that they're going through growing pains. Yeah. Like, you know, Zoe and um, Mitchell Robinson and Knox. And, you know, I love that nucleus, that group. And, um, you know, they're learning how to lose the right way. You know, like they're, they're showing growth in their game respectively. It's just that, you know, finishing the game, you know, the, we've just run into teams that were able to finish and we didn't. But I'm not complaining about it because, as I said, <laughs> I want a top five pick. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, me too. You know, yeah. You I mean, know, so it's just, I think it's like the best of both worlds right now. You know, the guys yeah. are learning, they're getting better, but we're also putting ourselves in a good position to get that five, that top five pick and shed some weight. I'll take it, man. I'm fine with that. Yep. We'll see, man. A whole, a whole bunch of, you know, months to go, and we'll see what happens with the Knicks and, the, and every other team. Um, but, David, man, always appreciate always appreciate you coming on, man. I know you, uh, this is back-to-back weeks for you, so I know we're trying to keep it more consistent. Um, you are you are on Twitter at David Zenon one, uh, Z E N O N, and the number one. Are you on Twitter at I am um, on Instagram at I am David Zenon? So anybody wants to hit you up, follow you, and do some training with you, they can uh, link up with you that way. Uh, I know we'll keep in touch throughout the week, so we can come back on next week and talk some more NBA, bro. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I appreciate it, bro. All right, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No doubt. All right, take it easy. Peace. Later.